this is uh, a great uh, time for us to be together, and uh, I'm excited because uh, I have one of my spiritual dads, my closest uh, friend, David, with us today. David, uh, I bless you and I thank you. Thank you for accepting our invitation to, to be with us. And uh, let me tell you a little bit about David. David was a, uh, a young man who grew up in the Coptic church in Egypt. He was a medical doctor. He got married to Ruth Damien, today Ruth Damien, who was uh, a Canadian, uh, also studying medicine and practicing in Egypt. And uh, at the time, they were preparing to have the birth of their firstborn, Daniel. Daniel is with us on the call today. If you could maybe uh, uh, take me off spotlight, and Daniel, you could wave for a minute there. Let me just do that real quick. Here's Daniel. Hey, Daniel. Thanks for being with us today, you and Naomi, and I'm sure uh, Lily's there as well. We welcome you, and we bless you guys. Thanks for being with us. Hey, there's Lily. So this is an interesting uh, exposure. The connection here is that Daniel is married to our Lily's daughter, Naomi. Daniel is David's son. Naomi's uh, Lily's daughter. So we have a very interesting connection here. Bless you guys. So uh, David has been, uh, they came to Canada to have their son uh, born in Canada. But the Lord had other plans. And he locked the doors and kept them in Canada. And David has been ministering uh, in Canada. He left medicine when the Lord called him to prepare his bride the church for the second coming for the marriage of the lamb. So he's been working hard in that area. He's been connecting leaders across Canada. And then the Lord opened the door for him to go beyond Canada to uh, uh, the nations. And in that context, he's been serving across Asia, across Europe, in Africa. And the Lord has just multiplied the blessings in preparation. David, I'm honored uh, to be able to call you a spiritual father, but I'm honored to call you a friend. And uh, I'm really, really honored that you're with us here today. And I uh, just want to pass it to you. And uh, may the Lord bless you as you minister to us. And, and uh, may he bless you as well as you bless us. Thank you, Henny. And thank you, Sylvan. Actually, this is a, I feel like a family. I know many of, uh, of you here on the call. And uh, I'm really delighted. It's so good to see you, Rob and Miralee, long-time friends. And many of you that I have met across uh, along the years, I uh, I just wanted to say to this family, thank you. Uh, sometimes we don't know the impact that we do through sending our children and our fathers and mothers and sons and daughters to different places. And uh, I I have been a first-hand witness of how the Lord has used uh, Hany uh, across the nation, Hany and Silva, Aaron, Sarah, and uh, Mark, and all the, actually, uh, your seed has gone through the whole world. Uh, without this relationship, it's very interesting. Uh, I'm Being an Egyptian, and I know many cultures are here, we don't function in business mindset. We don't function in project mindset. Everything has to be relational. So my relationship with Hany has really brought uh, a lot of safety to me. And uh, people are jealous when we travel together. They say, how come you have such an amazing friend like Hany? Uh, people long for this relationship. 
and our relationship has increased and it blessed many, many, many nations. So I want to thank you for releasing him at times, for standing with him, for sending him. And I feel like he carries your DNA when he comes. And I hope that when he comes back, he's encouraged and blessed. But I want to thank this family, this body. Thank you, Rob and Mary Lee. Thank you all uh, for just being a kingdom people. A kingdom people who invest in the kingdom of God far bigger than their own homes. And the, the power of your church is not that every family is investing in its own. It's actually the power of your bigger family as the, this body is that every family of you got out of their own circle and invested in each other. That makes the local church. And also it makes the local family strong when everyone gets out of his own to help the others, to help his brothers and sisters and parents and uh, grandparents and so on. And I feel in the same way we enlarge to know the, there's a bigger kingdom than what we see. And I was really, uh, when Hany was talking about our friend in Lebanon who's talking about Thomas, it's just amazing how the world is connected and you leave an impact and you don't know how much it multiplies. But uh, Nihad, who is Thomas, prayed with him for his uh, brother to be revealed. And Nihad was telling his testimony how he went, he prayed for everything, but he didn't, could not find his brother. But then when Thomas and Nihad joined together, he said, I know a God that can answer prayer in, uh, in a couple of weeks. His brother contacted them. And that is the God that we worship. That's the God we love and adore. Uh, I think uh, I was praying about this time and uh, I felt my heart was so tender. I didn't feel I'm coming to speak. I felt I'm coming with my family that I, have, I would have longed to be with you more often physically. And now I have the privilege of being with you spiritually on this Zoom call. I consider you as very close to my heart. And I was praying, Lord, what do you want to say to this family in a time where a lot of questions and not many answers? In a time where many people are have not left home for weeks now, and in a time where people are about to lose their jobs, or about to lose uh, precious things that they have owned. And sometimes we come into these times and we ask questions. And I, I was asking the Lord and the Lord began speaking to my heart. And he said to me, tell them that I'm close and I want to speak. Tell them that I am nearer than they think and I want to commune with them and speak to them. And it was very interesting. I was, uh, a few weeks ago, I was reading from Hebrews 12. It's a very interesting verse from 25 to 27, 8. And he says, his voice, speaking of the voice of the Lord, his voice once shook the earth. You'll find that in Hebrews uh, 25. 
sorry, Hebrews 12. And he says his voice shook the earth. And I was thinking about that because it happened in our country, in Mount Sinai, when the Lord spoke, and the mountains shook. We have a song that says, the mountains melt like wax in the presence of the Lord. Egypt have experienced that, have seen the power of God, the spectacle of God, the dramatic display of God's answer to his people to take them out of Egypt. So his voice once shook the earth. But then it says, but once more, his voice will not only shake the earth, but the heavens. So his voice shook the earth and his voice shakes the heavens. And I was thinking about that and I was just, you know, praising the Lord for who he is and his voice. His word, just a word, a voice can shake anything and can create anything. His word. The whole world was created by his word. The world we know did not exist from visible things. It was created from the invisible. A word said, let there be, and it was. That voice can shake the earth. That voice can shake the heavens. So as I was meditating and then the Lord spoke to me, and he said to me, and David, why my voice that does not shake your heart? If my voice can shake the earth, if my voice can shake the heavens, why does my voice, does, why, why doesn't my voice shake you, your heart? And I was really taken back. And then suddenly I remembered Isaiah 66, verse 2. To those I will look, who are contrite in heart, and tremble at my word, tremble at my voice. And I started weeping inside, and I said, Lord, don't let me take you casually. Don't let me treat, okay, Lord, next word, next voice. There is a a danger for those who have walked with God for some time that we will become familiar, too familiar sometimes. He is my father, but also he is the creator of heaven and earth, and he speaks. And then I began crying out and I said to the Lord, Lord, please help me that I will not be accustomed, familiar, your voice. Don't let me master hearing your voice. I don't want to master it. I want to become like as if I'm hearing it for the first time. Even if you repeat your word, I want like a little child. I want like a little, I want to be totally dependent, totally when you speak. I take it seriously. Then I remember years ago, 2015 in particular, uh, my daughter Anna and I, we were talking. And we were talking about how the generations can walk together. She's uh, uh, five years ago, she's 22 now, so she was 17. And she looked at me and she said, Dad, we don't want a young people movement. That's not our heart. 
but we want a family with the young people in it. We want to be part of a family. And then she asked me, but promise me two things. When, you, when we speak, you will listen. And not only listen, but you will take us seriously. If you promise that we want to be part of the family, where there are fathers, mothers, grandparents. And I promised her, said to her, here is my promise. When you speak, we will not say, oh, you're young. We want to listen. And we want to discern and we want to take it seriously. And then the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He reminded me of this encounter with my daughter. And he said to me, David, will you promise me when I speak that you will listen and you will take me seriously? I feel that the Holy Spirit and the Lord, especially in these days, have never felt the closeness of the Lord as these days in the midst of all the shaking, in the midst of all the confusion and nobody understands, in the midst of many wisdom, but there is no clarity. I feel that the Lord has tried to get attention for a long time. We were so busy. I remember the Lord speaking to me many things and I said, Lord, I don't know how can I do it from trip to trip, from travel to travel, from speaking to speaking. And many of us from job to job, from this to that. And the Lord said, I cannot wait any longer. I'm longing to speak to you. I'm longing for your heart. I'm longing for you. And he wanted to have fellowship with us for a long time. And then we were too busy, so busy to the point that it was hard for us to listen. And then the Lord is using something that is so evil. But he used it to put us all in homes so he can speak. He took away a lot of busyness so he can, we can pay attention. And he wants to begin to form a family. <clears throat> God did not form an organization or an institution. He formed a family. When you and I got saved, I did not become a member. I became a son. You did not become a member of a church or a member of an organization or an institution. You became a son and a daughter. There is one father, and he has been longing, not for workers, he has been longing for a family. He has been longing for sons and daughters. Not like the older son in the Luke chapter 15, the prodigal son story, or the father story, actually, I look at it, when, he, when the older brother said, I have served you all these years, never disobeyed you, but you have never you have never killed a little calf, so I can rejoice with my friends. And the father looks at him and he said to him, "What happened? All what I have is yours. Why did you miss it? 
all what I have is yours. I feel the Lord has grounded us at homes and in this quarantine I am longing that this church will not miss the purpose of this quarantine, the purpose of this days that we are in called the days between his resurrection and his ascension and the days today and tomorrow we are entering into the 10 days where Jesus said to the disciples, you cannot go anywhere, you cannot do anything. Just wait in Jerusalem because there is a promise. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And the promise will happen. But just wait. Don't be in a hurry to go. And they waited for 10 days and the day of Pentecost came. And the Bible says, and they were all together in one place, together, together or together in one symphony. The Lord knitted their heart together. Knitted their heart together into oneness. So the Holy Spirit can come and can release the breakthrough that shook the world. It didn't happen in the Gospels. It happened on Pentecost. Just uh, less than two months before, before the cross, before Jesus went to the cross, the disciples were talking and uh, even the mothers came to plead with Jesus. And she said, can someone sit on the right hand and someone sit on the left hand? And the disciples were quarreling among each other. They were not ready. And the Lord had to lock them out. Lock them down. Stay. Don't go. There is a promise coming. I believe there is a promise coming. This Pentecost is not another one. There is a, has never been anything like that in the whole history of mankind since, uh, I mean, there has never been the whole world on standstill like this. And the Lord is preparing us for an unshakable kingdom. The verses that I was using with you from Hebrews 12, it says, that once he shook the earth, once more he will shake the heaven. And once more that means that the removal of all the things that can be shaken. He's removing, he's clearing out all your dependence. Maybe your security is in your job. The Lord wants to turn your security into him. Maybe your security is in your bank account. Maybe your security is in your home. Maybe your security is in your kids. Maybe you, I don't know what is your security. Maybe your security is in the promises that God has given you. And one day the Lord speaks to Abraham. Take your son, your only son, whom you love, and offer him. The Lord wants our security and our eyes to be one and one alone. He is the lover of our life. He is the one that we got saved, not to serve but to be with him. And from that intimacy with him, he will send us. That's where we're sent, from that closeness to his heart. And the Lord is about to do something that the whole world will see. Mecca is closed. There is no worship in Mecca. There is no worship in the Aqsa Mosque. There is no worship in the Vatican. There is no worship in the temples. 
There is no worship everywhere and the Lord is getting the attention of everyone crying out. Allah, Lord, are you here? Are you alive? Where are you? In a couple of days, it's the miracle day. Many across the world will be crying out. Allah, if you're real, reveal yourself. Who are you? I pray that the Lord will reveal himself to us too. We need a fresh revelation of who he is. Because the if you think the virus is the end of the shaking, I think you don't understand. He will have his bride blameless, spotless, without a wrinkle. He will have her, his bride. He will shake whatever can be shaken. Whatever has divided your heart from him, he will shake. Not because he wants to take your money away or your job away or your bank account or this or that. Paul said, for him, I lost everything, everything, and I considered it nothing for the sake of knowing him. I'm praying before we are released again to go to our works or our places that we have learned the lesson. Why God allowed this shaking? Because he wants me, he wants you, he wants us. We're waiting to go back to normal. I don't know what's normal anymore. And I don't know what you will go back to. I don't think there will be what was. I don't, I don't want what was. I don't want it. I don't want this busy life. I don't want this distractions. I don't want that. I wanted my kids, my wife, my family. I want my church family. I want my, my brothers and sisters. I want to have the heart of the Lord to go out. I want his fragrance to be through me that I don't need to speak much or preach much or convince people. I want his presence to attract people. I want to go into the supermarket and people will feel, what is that? I want when I get on the bus or I walk into the street or walk in a mall that the presence of the Lord will attract people. I don't think we will ever go back to normal and I don't know what is normal. I think what is coming is a church with the presence of the Lord, a family. I believe the enemy knows what's coming. He knows that there is an unshakable kingdom and that is the next verse in, in Hebrews 12. I will shake whatever can be shaken. Why? Why is he shaking? Because there is an un shakable kingdom inside of you, inside of me. It's unshakable. Nothing can shake it. No fire can shake it. No persecution can shake it. No jails can shake it. No uh, lack of resources can shake it because he is my provider. He is my healer. He is my strength. He is, he is not what he gives me. He himself, he is. And the Lord wants to bring us to that place. Like the three men, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, when they faced Nebuchadnezzar, the strongest 
king on this time in the empire. And he said to them, who is the God that can save you out of my hands? Who is he? And the three young men said to him, there is a God that we worship can save us from your hands and from the fire. We know our God, but if he That's funny, I don't know who muted me, but he cannot shut my voice. He cannot shut my voice. I'm okay. I remember one time I was speaking in a meeting and literally a physical wind came and it was so demonic. I was in Ontario. In, by a lake in northern, northern Ontario, and I was speaking in a tent meeting, and the, a, a wind came, and it was so demonic. I felt the enemy said to me, shut up. You will not speak this message. I was talking about the purity of worship. And inside of my heart rose up this word. The only way you can shut me up is you can take my breath away. I will never shut up on a wheelchair, on crutches. I will never shut up. And the three young men said to Nebuchadnezzar, he said to him, there is a God that we worship that can save us from your hands and from the fire. And if you chose not, if he chose not, if God chose that this is our end, we're ready. And if he chose not, we will not bow. We will not bow to that statue. And Nebuchadnezzar was so angry, he made it seven times harder. Even the, the people, that, the, 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 his mighty men that threw them in the fire got, got killed by the fire. But there is no power of the fire on these people. We, what are we afraid of? What are we afraid of? Afraid that we don't have money? He is our provider. He can ask us to go fishing and we'll find a, a golden bracelet. He can multiply our food. He can ask us to go and a raven will feed us. Where is our God in times like this? This is a time when the unshakable kingdom needs to be revealed to the world. It needs to be revealed. We have a kingdom. And I will finish with this story. When I was living in Egypt, I remember the Lord spoke to me one time and he said to me, David, if Egypt goes through famine, what will happen to the, the uh, peop American people who works in the American embassy in Cairo, the ambassador of America, the workers, the American workers, what will happen to them if Egypt goes through the famine? And I thought about it and I said to the Lord, they will not go through the family. He said, why? I said, because they belong to America. They don't belong to Egypt. They live in Egypt, but they're not from Egypt. And he said to me, and that's you and all my children. 
They live in the world, but they're not from the world. We have been redeemed from the kingdoms of the world. We are a foretaste of the millennium. One day, one day, all the kingdoms of the world will become the kingdoms of our Lord Jesus Christ. One day. But we have been, we are forerunners, we are a foretaste of that. We are the first fruit of a people taken out of the kingdoms of the world to belong to one king. His name is Jesus Christ. We don't need to wait for the millennium to bow to him. We have chosen to bow to him today. He is our king. We live here, but we belong to another kingdom. It's the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. My family, I want to say this to you. This is your time to shine. This is your time to live. Don't wait for the government's check. Don't wait for the job to come back to you. God is responsible for you. And if he chose not, if I learned to be hungry and I learned to live in abundance, Paul said, but in all, he supplies all my needs according to his riches in glory. I'm not waiting. I'm thankful for my job. I'm thankful for all provisions, but my eyes are on the Lord. He is my provider. And if he takes it away, the Lord giveth and the Lord takes it away. Blessed is the name of our Lord. It is not the words of convincing that will change the world. It's the power of God, of a kingdom that's unshakable. It's of a love that is not human can do. It's not the capacity of your love. It's the love that he loves us with. A new command I give unto you, love one another. Not as much as you can, not even as yourself. That's human. But the, the, the command, the new command, that's the old covenant. The new command is love one another as I have loved you. That's impossible. There is no capacity in, in you to love this way. Only when you surrender and receive his love in your heart that we will permeate to everyone. So as we're going to take communion now, this is not just a memory. And this is not, I'm not talking about uh, uh, the extremes of our Christian faith where people take it very lightly and people take it literally. But there is a power in it. This is the body. Jesus, when he looked at the disciples in the Last Supper, he said, this is my body. I don't know how to explain it. I don't know how to understand it. I don't know how he lives inside of me when I received him. When you open the door, he comes in. I don't know. But I know it's real. I don't need to my mind to justify it. I don't know. It's a revelation that you say he's the son of God. It's a revelation. It's not trying to figure it out with your mind. And we're trying to understand communion by our minds. And we try to debate about it. But there is power in it. Real power. That binds me to you. Not because I'm with you. But because we are partaking of one bread. And when he broke that bread, he said, take, take my body. 
and all those that died hundreds of years ago took from the same bread. I'm joining with them. I'm joining with, if you have a loved one, you're joining with them when we take, when we break that body together. You're joining with your parents, your grandparents, your loved ones that have gone before us. You're joining with all those that are not with us. You're joining with the cloud of witness, with our father Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that partake of that bread without knowing. All those before Jesus died, they were part of Because the lamb was slain before the foundation of the earth. Before even we were born, we are part of this family. And I want you to look on the screen. And some, are, some have the pictures and some are, uh, uh, the video is not on but I wanted you to look at them and you say, this is my family. This is my body. This is my body. This is my body. If you don't believe that, then what's the power that you're going to receive when you take that communion now? This bread. This is my body. You are my body. And I can't, I'm not complete without you. I'm not, I cannot exist without you because what is the point of a leg missing or a hand missing? The body cannot function properly. I am in need of you and you are in need of me. We cannot function without one another. That's why when I look at every one of you and I say, thank you, thank you. Because without you, we're not complete. Without you, we're not complete. And I want you to go with your mind, close your eyes one, one moment and go through all the people that you fellowship with in the church that could not be on this call. And appreciate them and say, you're my body. Go to your family. You're my body. You're part of me. And I'm part of you. Go to all those that loved ones and Allow the Lord to enlarge the capacity of your heart as we partake. And I want to read this verse from 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 17. And I'm reading from the New King James. It says, For we though many, we are many, don't ever think that this is the body. We are many. And it's one. It's one body. We are not just united. We are one. May the Lord do this miracle among us. For we, though many, we are one bread and one body. Why? Because we all partake of that one bread. So as you hold this bread in your hand, If you have another person with you in the room, can you break it and give a piece of yours to your 
spouse or your friend or your daughter or your mother or whoever is with you in the room. And I want them to act this. If you're alone, just break it and say, I, this is for the body and for your family, for your f church family, for all those that your heart can enlarge to embrace. And I want you to repeat it after me. From 1 Corinthians 10. Let's repeat it. For we, though many. Say it out loud. I'm looking at your lips as they are moving. You don't need to unmute yourselves. You don't need to unmute yourselves. Just speak it out loud. If you want to unmute yourself, it's okay. For we, though many, are one bread and one body. For we all partake of that one bread. Love it. It reminds me of speaking in tongues and all the English. Reminds me of Pentecost. <laughs> You know, in Pentecost, they heard everyone speaking their own language. Many people from all the nations. Language. You know what? That last time I told you, I mean, he's not going to have it. Please, Montazay, no name for them. To hold the bread. I want you to hold the bread and say, Lord, reveal it to me. Reveal it. It's one body. And as you take it, I want you to say, thank you, Lord, for making me a member, a part. I am a son. I am a daughter in this body. Let's partake together. Before we partake of the of the cup, I want to say the Bible says First Corinthians chapter the same part he says, Many of you are weak, many of you are sick, and many have died prematurely. Why? Because we did not discern the body. So now we are embracing one another. We're asking the Lord to reveal it to us deeper and deeper. And we're giving him our yes. Yes, Lord. Not only those who did not, even those who hurt me, even those who accused me, I release a blessing to them. Forgive them because that's when he, what he did on the cross. Forgive them. They didn't know. Even if they knew, Lord, I forgive. So, if we recognize the body as we come together now, then instead of weak body, we will have a strong body. And instead of a sick body, we will have a healed body. And instead of dying prematurely, we will have long life and resurrection power. So can you believe with me and you can speak it over your body? 
receive it. Strength, healing, and power of resurrection. And I want you to speak it over yourself, over your family. Receive it by faith. So, Father, before we take this cup, for the cleansing of our sins, for the cleansing of our body, for the cleansing of everything, we speak now. You said that we can be weak and sick and die prematurely when we don't recognize the body. Now, Lord, we repent of hurting, speaking negatively, accusing, and being part of the accuser of the brethren. And we have aligned ourselves with the accuser. We repent now of every negative word, of every word that did not honor each other. And we come into the healthy body. We recognize the anointing over everyone. We recognize this is our family. So we receive, Lord. We receive strength in our body. No weakness anymore. We command every weakness to leave our bodies. Every tiredness. Every exhaustion. We command it to leave our body. Also, any sickness. Any sickness in our body. If the body is for the Lord, the Lord is for the body. We claim the healing power of the Lord Jesus Christ in our bodies. And in every, if you know anyone in your family or your relatives or, or sick and you, or people you carry in your heart, claim that over them. We speak now. He not only listens, but he answers. He does not only hear our prayer, but he answers our prayers. Release it by faith. Let it go across all Ontario, all Canada, all the nations. Whoever this loved one is, the power of the Holy Spirit can release it now in the name of Jesus. And if anyone, that there is, the life is being taken out, Father, we claim that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is working in us to raise our bodies. So we ask for life and long life. In Jesus' name. Amen. So as you partake of the cup and claim the blood of Jesus for cleansing and healing and restoration. Amen. Annie, thank you for having me and thank you for having me all, Rob and Marianne and all of you. Love you very much. Thank you.